This week's episode is sponsored by Mama Zen. Are you looking for a mindful parenting resource? Look no further than Mama Zen. This app has been used to help women break generational cycles, overcome anxiety, and become ultimately happier moms. It's an app that has mind power sessions. They combine meditation, hypnotherapy, and mindfulness. The goal is to help women to overcome some of their negative emotions and replace them with more positive, loving, and empowering emotions. Check out our link in the show notes and use code 1J when downloading the app. We're your hosts, Dana and Kara, and this is From the Mouths of Babes. Welcome back, everybody, to an exciting new episode. We are really excited to welcome a past guest, Marin Bay, to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Some of you might remember her from our episode called uh, The Friendship Britneys. Oh, yes. That was a good name. Yes. That was a good name. (laughs) Don't you know that you're toxic? (laughs) Where we discussed uh, female friendships, how to get out of toxic relationships. Yeah, that was was a good one. And that That was was a a great name. I think Kara came up with that. So, snaps for Kara. That was really, like, on a good, like, music thing with naming her episodes at that point but yeah and yeah, you know you. we were all worried about Brittany at the time yeah we really were i mean i'm still a little worried about her have you I guys mean, seen her most recent dancing videos i haven't Bless checked her. in in a while it got a little rough <laughs> it, yeah it's still a little rough it's she always has like mascara like clumped underneath her eyelids her hair looks crazy yeah Bless her. So we're probably still just as worried, <laughs> yeah. for being honest. <laughs> she may be free, but she's still not okay. <laughs> At least she's free. She's free, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, we're really excited to have Marin back. I'll introduce her again. Uh, but Marin Bay is a lucky wife and mama to four babies that are all under the age of seven. I believe she has Irish twins, too. I do. I do yeah. have Irish twins. We had four babies in five years, so. Crazy. Amazing. Exhausting. So fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still exhausting. Kara understands that, too. Are yours yeah, t- I do. technically considered Irish twins? No, because it's less than a year is mm-hmm. considered an Irish twin. Mine are 15 months apart. It's just over a year. I just feel barely like it counts. Make it. Yeah, I mean, but I have I, real twins, and then oh, the baby six. You know, yeah. I got pregnant when they were six months old, so it's oh my it's extra. Bless <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> Bless any mother. Yeah, Seriously, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about that today, so save it. Um, Marin is a writer. She is an MS survivor, a nature lover, an art enjoyer, a Disneyland mama. And a frequent crier. Marin is a creator and host of the Mamahood podcast. She believes in the beauty of motherhood and wants all mamas 
to feel supported and loved. And she was the perfect guest for us to have on today because we are going to be talking about motherhood and something that's been on my mind and heart a lot recently. So I'm excited for you to be here and to be our conversation partner. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) I don't feel like I'm an expert on anything, but I have opinions. I mean, yes, you've got opinions, you've got experience, and that's all, all anyone really needs. That's true. And she was just recently featured on, what's it called again? Good Days Utah, Good Morning. Good Things Utah. Good, good things. things Utah. <laughs> good Days Utah. That show that a lot of old people watch. It's great. Hey, it was I actually, it. It, was, it was great. Yeah, it was a great experience. <laughs> yes. And it was a great topic, which watching her segment and then other conversations that Marin and I have had offline via Marco Polo <laughs> is what sparked the desire to want to have this conversation on the podcast. So I'm, I'm excited to dig into it. But as we've mentioned before recently, we are talking about a lot of things that we are currently going through and experiencing. And so lately, motherhood has been... Man, it's been a doozy for me over here. Um, for all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably. Kicks my trash every day. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because I was just messaging with a friend and we were talking about just the hard days of motherhood. And her question to me was like, well, what do you do to cope? Like, what are you doing to like figure out how to make it better? And my response was to, well, I started looking for jobs because I don't want to stay home anymore. (laughs) That's my solution. I'm just not going to stay home anymore. I'm just not going to mother anymore. Peace out. Yeah. 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 No, jokes aside. But that has been a big uh, thing for me. So I'll just share kind of the background experiences that I've had and then we'll kind of just dive in with the conversation but um I've we've talked really openly about the fact that uh Luke and I we have weekly check-ins that have been really helpful in our marriage and we talk about all the different areas of our life um parenting how we're doing personally how we're doing spiritually sexually like all different areas of our life and in our conversation we had a couple weeks ago Luke you know, was asking about parenting and it had been a particularly difficult couple of weeks. We had just gotten back from our trip to Greece and our kids were a hot mess and really mad at us for leaving them. And then Luke got sick with this stomach bug. And so I was solo parenting on my own and it was just hard. And then he went out of town and then I got the stomach bug and was having to mother by myself and it was just a lot and then I also happen to be on my yes I happen to be on my period that same week so all of the hormones are Freaking everywhere period I know stay away I hate when seriously. it shows up at the worst time <laughs> seriously so it, yes it was the perfect storm but I remember kind of breaking down with Luke and just talking about like oh I hate this I hate my life and that sounds so sad saying that out loud, but I'm like, I just hate it. And so 
in our conversation later in the week, Luke was like, you know, I think it's okay for you to say that this is just not working for you. And he's like, I think that maybe it would be a good exercise for you to just see what it feels like to even look for a part-time job or look for something to do um, outside of being a stay-at-home mom. And and he, he said, I, I made a joke to him. I was like, so is this you like trying to subtly tell me that you're tired of me like hating my life? And he's like, he laughed, you know, and, but then his response was like, well, I just don't want you to feel trapped. I don't want you to feel trapped in motherhood. And I, it was kind of like this gut punch. Cause it was like, oh, is that what I am portraying? Is that how I'm actually feeling? Do I feel trapped in motherhood? And so I was able to think about that more and um, and I, I did kind of what he suggested. I started just casually looking at what kind of jobs are out there. I just had conversations with people who have been working um, and mothering and had conversations with people who have primarily just stayed home. And it was just a really interesting thought exercise. But one of the things I kept thinking about was that Oftentimes in our society, in our culture, there is a lot of societal pressure in motherhood, whether that's to be something more than just stay at home or the opposite end of that is feeling that motherhood is enough and can be enough. And I think there's extremes on both ends. And I think I was really struggling with trying to figure out the middle ground and how to find what's right for me individually. And so we had a really great conversation, Marin and I and some of our other female friends and this topic got brought up and Marin is very passionate about motherhood. I think she has really beautiful and thoughtful things to say about motherhood. And, and so I wanted her to come on and share some of her thoughts, but I think one of the things that Marin brought up in our conversation is that hold on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there could not be a better timed Yeah, seriously. Mom. Before we started, my kids screaming and I have to tell them like, excuse me. Screaming is not accept like acceptable. I can hear you. And <laughs> husband's like, "This is your fault for choosing this time." And I'm like, "Yeah, but screaming is still not okay." And <laughs> Gavin punched me in the throat. Like, oh, sweet mercy! I'm gonna like, stop it. Punch you in the throat if you don't stop yeah. it. My daughter no, is in a a really really bad screaming phase right now. Like. It's kind of breaking me, if I'm honest. Like, I, I've i reached the point where most of my communication with her is, stop screaming! And I'm screaming, yeah. right? And um, today she was screaming at me, and I was just standing there in the kitchen, and she, and when I say scream, it's like blood-curdling, like, I yeah. say something she doesn't like, which could be as simple as, like, how about you? Have, no, you can't have a popsicle ha for breakfast. How about you have a glass of water. I think you need some water. And she will literally like, 
and just scream. And like I having boys, I've never like witnessed this like demonic thing. And she was just screaming at me. And my little boy Hudson, who's the sweetest little, he's about to be seven, looked over. He's like, Mom, I'm sorry for all of Emmy's screaming. Just goes back to what he's doing. I'm like, thanks, bud. <laughs> Sweet boy. I was talking on Marco Polo to some friends today, and they were kind of talking about the same thing, like the difference between raising boys and girls and how crazy boys can be, and but how girls are like can be so emotional or so sweet, and how hard motherhood is sometimes. And and um, one friend being like, sometimes I just want to go back to being a nurse, and I was like, yeah, girl, sometimes we all do. It's like, yeah, but I hope that we can like since mothering is truly relationships not a role um but sometimes it's an abusive relationship (laughs) (laughs) sometimes our toddlers are in like total emotional warfare they gaslight us all the time (laughs) emotional abuse every day screaming until we're totally overstimulated where we think we're crazy like um uh, the, our, the military, like, uh, cruel and unusual <laughs> punishment. War cruel crimes are punishment. being committed. Yeah, war crimes every day with a toddler. That's, you <laughs> know. Oh, for sure. Especially when it comes to sleep. That was last night for us. Stevie was waking up. Like, you finally fall asleep, and then all of a sudden, she starts screaming again. And you're like, <laughs> I'm never going to get a good night's sleep again. This the is nights are legit the worst. torture. The nights are the, the times. And, I mean, working or not, you can't escape the nights. The nights are there for you. Yeah. That was what was like so hard when I had three babies and I was still working part time. And when I I really felt, I loved being a mom to babies though. Like I am good at this. Older kids, I don't feel like I'm very good at it. You know, I tell them every day, I'm new. I have not (laughs) had a nine-year-old, that a nine and two weeks old year old ever. I'm new. (laughs) today i don't know what i'm doing yeah and so like i feel like i have to apologize for my inexperience all, every day and but it's like baby mom was like i can do this i can snuggle you i can make sure you eat i can give you a boob or a bottle it's all good but yeah i was working still my husband was traveling he's a pilot and he was uh, would go out of the country because he was a private pilot and so he'd go spring take spring break, take his client to Paris and London for two weeks. And I'm still working, still mothering full time, doing nights by myself. And it was like, I get so angry at him for saying like, I'm at Disneyland Paris. I was like, you shut your dang mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I Do don't want to know. Me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's work. It doesn't count. I'm like. I'm not okay. So that was a really hard time for me in motherhood that I was just like, I am trapped here. And this is like, I'm literally, I'm physically trapped because they're climbers. They're all over me. I can't breathe. (laughs) That's me. So I'm glad that there are stages in motherhood that you can grow with your kids and grow out of certain things because I feel like there's always hope and you have people with like teenagers like oh just it gets better or it gets worse or yeah. just love them while they're tiny you'll miss, you'll miss the muddy footprints in the house and just like <laughs> don't give me your advice I just am surviving 
every day. If you give me a stupid uh, live, laugh, love, like motto, (laughs) Sharon, I will punch you in the throat. (laughs) So it's just, yeah, like I'm, I'm glad that we get to grow and be new every day and that, yeah, everything comes to an end eventually. (laughs) Okay. But this is my question. Okay. Because you mentioned this of like how do you determine when it's a phase of just like a hard mothering moment or a phase of unhappiness or a phase because your children are going through the terrible twos through fours or yeah or 13 (laughs) and something that's deeper than that which is like overall unhappiness in your life that would require a major change like, how do you determine that? So what you said, though, which I thought was interesting, is asking that question, a question of, is it damaging your relationship? And that's yeah. something that I thought has been interesting as I've worked through this personally, is I've had to think, like, would I be able to show up as a better mother if I was fulfilled in a different way outside of motherhood? So if I had a break every single day, whether that was going to a part-time job, whether that was volunteering, would I be able to come home and have a better relationship because I'm fulfilled in a different way. And I, I think that's that's a hard question that you have to ask yourself is that can I actually be a better mom by not being a stay-at-home mom? Right. And I and I think it's sometimes it takes trial and error. For I don't sure. know, Marin, how much you've worked outside of your house or I mean you have your your podcast and those things and that takes you outside of the home too. So those totally count and it's a balance but I think it is important to have something that's yours mm-hmm. whether it be an art project or a remodeling your kitchen or um, a class of some kind or a part-time job or a calling at church or responsibility I think that is helpful to just to give you identity because I think that I don't know a single woman that has not experienced a loss of identity or identity confusion um, as they enter motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. A couple thoughts. Um, you know, for four years, I've had this quote unquote job. I mean, um, it contributes financially and it's um, something that I do that is outside of motherhood and I think that that classifies as a type Mm -hmm. of job um but it's are you talking about your podcast yeah my podcast the writing I do a lot of writing jobs but every all of it is kind of centered around motherhood and Mm -hmm. talking to moms and um I've started to do like speaking and we've started to do like events and things like that. But all of it is surrounding mothers. And I feel like I've had literally thousands of conversations um, with moms around this topic and um, read messages and um, texted back and forth and messaged back and forth on social media with so many different moms who are all talking about this and it's it's um it's a hard thing but I have a few thoughts. The first is 
um, your mental health is so important. And women do not, uh, we often neglect our mental health. Um, It took my husband, sadly, sadly it took my husband going into therapy and taking care of his mental health, meeting with a therapist, getting on medication that he needed, adjusting his levels and everything like that. And for me to see like the difference in him and to see how much happier he was taking care of his mental health before I ever considered taking care of my own. And um, so that's something I tell women all the time is like your mental health is of utmost importance because your children, you know, you are the nucleus of your home. Like you are you the way that you feel determines the mood in your home it really does the way that you interact with your kids the way that you interact with your husband um just you are that heartbeat of the home as the mom whether you like it or not that's that's how the mother is because kids are so attached to their moms in that way and because you're um working or not you're creating a home um for your kids and so if you're in a mental state where like being a stay-at-home mom all day long is causing severe anxiety or depression and you are in therapy and you're doing all the things to take care of yourself um, but you feel like you need to step out for a job or something like that to save your mental health like you you have to you have to prioritize your mental health. And I say that just because of the sad stories that I've heard of really terrible, terrible things happening to mothers and to families because the mother's mental health was neglected. And so with all of the (laughs) fluffy stuff that I can share about being a mom and what I can't, what, what I will share about how I feel about being a stay at home mom, um, your mental health comes top top priority is that you are in a good mental space because if you if your kids lose you or you know you hit such a mental low that you have to be checked into a hospital or or whatever these things these things happen every single day to women then um obviously then they don't have you at all so i i second what kara said that every mom needs something um, outside of mothering and full-time caretaking, um, I think every mom knows if she thinks about it deep down, what brings her, what fills up her soul with a lot of joy and doesn't feel heavy at all or anxious or, or depressive to her soul to do. Like I can think, Dallin asked me this question once. He's like, well, what, what feels like, happy to you to do like what doesn't feel at all like pressure like you don't have to do it out of pressure you know (laughs) I I told this story on a podcast like I felt so much pressure to be more than just a mom it's like I'm gonna start Mm -hmm. this business or that business or I'm gonna do lettering and watercoloring and I started this like little lettering watercoloring business like so long ago like six years ago I hated it Like I, as soon as it became like a, as soon as it became like a business, as soon as it became something where people were placing orders and I had to do it, Mm -hmm. I absolutely hated it. I dreaded it. So what you might need to find outside of motherhood, it might be better for your mental health that it's not 
that it doesn't turn into a job, that it is strictly Mm -hmm. for enjoyment and that it is strictly for self-improvement or art or creation or, um, you know, you have to keep that in mind as well. Are, do you need a job or do you just need something that you can focus yourself on outside of caretaking, um, that fills up your cup in a different sort of way. So those are things to consider. Um, I feel like I'm just kind of rambling, but no, jump no, in at any time. Great. Yeah, no, I just want to say that like, I know for some women who might be listening to this that it's not an option for them not to work. And I do mm-hmm. want to highlight that, that mm-hmm. that is sometimes not even a possibility for some women. Mm-hmm. And, and I when want- you're juggling all of it and it's not an option it it can feel heavier and the for balance sure. having it all and mm-hmm. being a provider for your family is often a very very heavy burden mm-hmm. and for sure it's i think that's when the times when you need to reach out and ask for help whenever it's possible to buoy you up mm-hmm. in different ways when when you can you know yeah but for sure i think for this for this conversation specifically, we're focusing on, you know, women who might have that choice. And I just think the societal pressure, I think Marin hit on this a little bit, that, you know, there is a lot of pressure to, if you say, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, which I know Marin mm-hmm. hates that phrase, and I would love for her to talk about that a little bit. But, you know, when we say, like, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, or people ask, like, oh do you work or what do you do? And they're like, oh, I just stay home. It's like, no, no, you don't just stay home. Like this is a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think similarly all of my life and I think my sister and my sisters would all agree with this is that it has often felt like staying home hasn't been enough. And so how do you find that balance? How do you make it one enough? But then if it's not enough, how do you reconcile that and make a decision that is best for you and for your family? Because I think both of those things can be true for for women mm-hmm. and we need to be supportive of that. But I think for the woman who is doesn't value her motherhood and says, well, I'm just a mom, like how do you respond to that? And then how do you respond to the woman who maybe her motherhood journey hasn't fulfilled her in the way that she expected and now feels badly or guilt about needing something besides just besides motherhood Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well I think it's twofold um being a stay-at-home caretaker and mother um and I like I love to throw in the word caretaker because if you weren't taking care of your kids full-time you'd be paying somebody else to so Mm -hmm. it is a job and it is your job and it is your work and um waking up and making beds and making breakfast and running your home and making appointments and driving your kids places and um helping with homework and all the different things that you do that is your work and um so what I always say is choose your work choose your hard. Working outside the home is hard. Um, You know, Dallin often talks about he would way rather be 
taking care of the kids than doing his job, you know? Okay, that's so funny because um, Luke would absolutely say the opposite. <laughs> he says, like, I would never want to yeah. stay home. It's well, it's not all the time. He He's well aware that he wouldn't want to do it full time. But there are days sure. where he's he's dreading having to do his job. Yeah, I grew sure. up with a working mom. I don't know if you guys did. I grew up with a single mom who had to work outside of the home every single day full time who heavily grieved that. That wasn't something that she wanted, and it was very, very hard for her. Um, and so you have to choose your hard. You have to choose your work. Um, we we tend to idealize idealize the other scenario. I know working moms who idealize stay at home moms who have said things that sometimes have rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, it must be so easy to to be able to just stay home and just take care of your home and um, you know to to. What do you think do we're that? doing? Just sitting around watching Bluey all day? Like, come on! <laughs> Only some days, okay? Yeah. No, but it's so funny. But oh, then- a mom the other day t- told me, she's like, what do you do with your kids at school all day? I would be so bored. I'm like, girl, I'm okay. It's, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> I got to enough do. to do. There's yeah. plenty to do. Yeah. And, and so you, you, and then we idealize the other way. And this isn't to come right. across harsh or anything. This is just the truth that a lot of times yeah. we sit at home as moms and we're thinking, I'd be so much happier if I were at a desk job or if I was at this type of job or if I were at that type of job or, um, but then mm-hmm. that's hard too. And we idealize it, but, but both, both scenarios are hard. Both scenarios require mm-hmm. sacrifice of time and of ourselves and, um, sacrifice of things that we're quote unquote missing out on. You know, there are mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm like, well, by the time my kids are out of the house, you know, I've made the choice to stay at home and raise my kids. And and I'm like, by the time they're out of the house, I'm going to be in my 40s, 50s. Like, I've missed out on these 20 years where I could have been being an o- OBGYN or being all these different things that I want to be. And I've missed out on that. Well, then there are moms that have to work who are going to be thinking, well, by the time my kids are out of the house, look at all these moments I've missed out on. Look at all these things I've missed with my kids because I was working. So we can idealize both scenarios, but ultimately at the end of the day, we have to, I think every mom knows deep in her soul what she feels is right for her family and for her home because the truth of the matter is that when we bring kids into the world, they are our responsibility. And no one can replace you as their mother. Um, someone can replace um, you as a caretaker throughout the day, and they can be totally happy and fine kids. I grew up with a single mom. I had all kinds of caretakers to take care of me, and I grew up to be totally fine you know my mom lives with a lot of guilt and I'm fine you know I'm totally fine I have a good relationship with my mom I think it's a you know I I don't I don't think working mom should feel any guilt for working outside the home but we the choice to be at home with our kids full-time caretaking full-time or being outside of the home uh, doesn't just affect us it also affects our kids so I think to answer your question Dana a, we have to stop idealizing the situations. We need to really look at what the situations are and what we're dealing with and what it would be like to be in either situation. 
B, I think that we need to look at the situation as a whole and think about not just ourselves, and this is a concept that's very foreign nowadays to think outside of ourselves. I think we live in a very like selfish world right now where people are mostly thinking about themselves. And we need to look at the whole situation of in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, I saw this study that showed like on a grand like bar graph how much of our life percentage wise is spent with our kids. And it's actually the lowest percent. It's really sad. But. So when you look at that, you know, you just have to think as a whole, like, what is the childhood experience I want my kids to have? Can I provide for them the childhood I want them to have and work outside the home? Fantastic. A lot of moms can. So this isn't a conversation where I'm saying there's one right way to do it. But I think as women, we are so incredibly intelligent. We're also so incredibly intuitive. And deep down in our soul, we know what the best scenario is going to be. The hard part is having the courage to do it and having the courage to let go of whatever expectation is placed on us, whether that's an expectation that's been placed on us from our church or our community or our own mother or our family or just our self-perception or Instagram, whatever it may be, that makes us feel like we have to be a stay-at-home mom or makes us feel like we need to work outside of the home in order to be, you know, a worthwhile woman, right? Mm -hmm. So women are feeling pulled in both directions, but it takes a lot of courage to just do what you know deep down in your soul you are supposed to do to provide the best, happiest life for both you and your children. Um, but either way, you're not just a mom. And when I hear Kara say, you know, she when she was talking earlier, she says like moms lose their identity when they become a mom. Um, we've done so many episodes about identity as a mom and how we lose our identity as a mom. And my perception on that has changed. We, we don't have to lose our identity when we become a mom. If we truly value mothers and the, um, the value that mothers bring to society, we wouldn't feel that way. We'd be so proud to be a mother and we'd be so proud of ourselves to be a mother. Um, I say this to my husband a lot. I don't know if you guys have dive into like, you do dive into like spiritual topics on the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, we do. you know, there's a lot of conversations in the church and in Christianity in general about like feminism and um, should, you know, like in the LDS church, should women hold all the same callings or should women do this or that? And what it always comes back to, to me is like, I'm not looking, I'm a feminist, for sure. <laughs> but I'm not looking to be a man. I'm just looking for what I contribute to society to be seen as equal to what men contribute, mm -hmm. right? I'm not looking to do everything that men do in the church. I'm looking for what I do in the church to be seen as equal. What I can contribute, what my voice I can give to be seen as equal, to not just be like, oh, the cute moms that raise the kids and then the men that run <laughs> society, right? I want I want motherhood and womanhood to be viewed as equal. Like, oh, women are literally the reason why I can walk and talk and read and breathe and eat. And my mom is the reason why I'm here. And 
women staying home and giving me a home and a bed to sleep in and clean clothes and teaching me the actual important things like kindness and manners and like all the different things, right? Like rather than seeing that as like, oh, well, that's that's just like sissy stuff, what moms do at home. But the real stuff is what we're doing here in this corporation or what we're doing, you know, here in this calling in the church or what we're doing out here in in the business world or whatever, right? Like we just also need to view what mothers are contributing to society in the home as just as equal because it is. And the truth of the matter is it's probably even more important, but you know, equality. Oh, amen to all but of that. Anyway, that's my, I, my big ramble and spiel and I could keep going, but I won't. <laughs> I love it. I love to um, study different cultures like throughout history, especially like matriarchal cultures Mm -hmm. and, and how women and their roles and sexual, their sexuality has played um, roles in the development of this, of society and, and um, how culture, when they diminish the, and devalue women's roles and their sexuality and their power and their essence that's when like cultures can tend to go in decline and it in another spiritual sense like i think a huge part of like satan's plan (laughs) is has been to devalue and break down women's critical role in society 100 not just in the home in the whole society and it's been like this epic flow throughout millennia of how culture and the civil, the, each civilization values women and what they're doing. And, well, and I think even on a smaller scale or just like a more personal scale, if mm-hmm. you as a woman don't understand your value or your self-worth or what or feel like what you are contributing is of value, then you will see mm-hmm. that decline in your own True. family unit. And I, I think that was like a huge light bulb moment for me right now is that if I'm not actively doing that and seeing that what I'm doing is of value, then of course th- it's going to be a steady decline. And I think that's what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that yeah, that was, whoa, that was kind of like this big, like, bam, Dana, like, this is the problem. If you aren't feeling good about what you're contributing, that's the whole problem. And so I think that's more of something mm-hmm. to work on personally. Yeah. Um, but something that Marin said earlier, I think it's important to highlight that, you know, the message isn't that either option, whether that's staying home full time, whether that's going to work, whether that's having a side hustle or hobbies or whatever. It's not that either option is more worthy over the other. I think the message that Marin really shared is that we have the freedom and the power to choose and we can receive inspiration that is best for us personally and is going to be best for our families. And we should feel empowered to make those decisions. Um, So with that said, in your guys' opinions, how do we teach women and mothers to be confident in their decisions and to value what they contribute in a family? One of the things while Marin was talking, the word boundaries popped into my head. 
that you're you can choose to not lose your identity if you have good healthy boundaries around yourself and that you're not allowing a shower to be self-care you know and owning what is your needs having basic decency for yourself so that your mental health and your physical and spiritual health are are still the priority priority. because if you're not okay no one else is okay Mm -hmm. and you know the the saying that um happy wife happy life you know which is such a it's kind of toxic but also there is like a true sense of like yes i am the nucleus (laughs) (laughs) i am i do set a tone that is true um but yeah i just really like that idea of owning our choices and teaching other people how to treat us as well and yeah prioritizing our our needs and and giving ourselves permission like i think that often depending on how exactly how you were raised women don't really feel like they're allowed to use their voice that they're stuck in a role and responsibilities and they're not allowed to give themselves permission. And I think saying that like, no, these are just like weird old patriarchal things, but they are out of style. They're not what is right and best for you and your family. And you get to figure that out <laughs> in the best way possible. Like with all the love in the world, um, the generations before were not always correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something that you said that we, um, we kind of have to, Dana, to answer your question and go off of what Kara was just saying. Like, we have to respect ourselves and we have to teach other women to respect the work that they do, being a mother. Mm-hmm. And we have to demand that respect <laughs> from the people in our life. Um, you know, I have friends who have husbands who don't respect the work that they do as a mom, you know, and I think again, leading back to kind of what Kara said, it's taught behavior, right? Over generations that, that whatever the mother is doing in the home is not as hard or it's not as, you don't have to be as intelligent or you don't have to be as hardworking or all these different things, right? We have to, we don't, we won't lose our identity if we respect our identity as a mother, as a caretaker, as a homemaker, as a, um, or as a working mom, or as a whatever other title we place upon ourselves. But we have to have that respect for ourselves. We have to see why it is a respectable thing. We have to stop letting years of generations and and old people tell us that what we do isn't as respectable. And then we need to we need to demand that respect from others. And we need to boldly be confident and proud of what we do as a mom. Um, we have a, I don't like calling her older, but older and wiser mom that comes on the momhood every so often. And she's, you know, she has raised her six kids and she's one of my favorite guests that we have on every so often. Her name is Rachel Benson and she, she teaches about like mom mindset and helping moms and, um, 
anyway, but she said to me today on Marco Polo, we were talking about like a coming, an episode that's coming up. And she said, just like God, you know, he, he has his work and his glory. Um, you have your work and your glory as a mom and as a woman. And it is glory. It is, it is, what's the word? Glorifying. And it's really a beautiful thing. And it's your work. And, um, rather than apologize for it or explain it away with words like just or um, feel like when you're saying, I stay home and I raise my kids um, and saying, but I also such and such or I also this and that. And rather than apologize or explain away whatever it is that you do or if you're a working mom saying, well, I'm a working mom, but, you know, I, I only work this this much or, you know, I still get this much time with my kids. I hear working moms being apologetic too. So rather than being apologetic, we need to confidently declare what our work is. You know, I, I am a mom. We're all working moms. We all work all mm-hmm. day long from morning till night. And if you're a mom that does go to an outside of the home job, you come home at 6 p.m. or whatever and and you work all through the night. Like we talked about, moms never sleep. They're up all hours of the yes. night. A mom is always a mom. You never get a day off, whether you're at work or whether you're at home. You also carry the emotional weight of being a mom no matter what you're mm-hmm. doing. You know, my mom worked mm-hmm. and she's at work all day worrying about me and what I'm doing and where I'm at. And so you really, part of the consequence and also beauty of being a mom and bringing children into the world is that you're always a mom. So I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but we we have to respect our own work, whatever it may be, and then kind of expect others to respect it too. I love that so much. Preach. I think um, something that I've thought about too that I think is important to note this is that it's okay to change your mind. Mm-hmm. It's okay mm-hmm. to recognize when things are working for you, recognize when they aren't working for you, testing out different things. Like I think that is completely acceptable. And I think a little funny piece, but also this is just the reality of being a woman and being a mother is that you can get overwhelmed. That overwhelming feeling can be debilitating and it can be the worst ever and recognizing that and that there's going to be times in your life and phases in your life where it might be harder than others. And so, you know, I was trying to make these big life-changing decisions in the heat of a very chaotic, stressful, overwhelming time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the counsel from my husband was so wise of like, you know, you're not making like a decision to like get a job today. You know, you're just trying to like dip your toes in the water to see, maybe think about it. And so for me, Mm -hmm. part of that thought exercise was, well, if I do go to work, will I, it just be adding another stressor in my life. And then me just fitting all my mothering into a smaller amount of time. And will that be more stressful to me? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important to ask that question. I think it's also critical that you recognize where you are hormonally Mm -hmm. it is amazing (laughs) how quickly things can change in your mind when one you're not on your period and pmsing and two sunshine what Mm -hmm. a little sunshine can do it's amazing i tell you 
I have been doing so well since the sun came back out in Utah. I know. Same I'm the same way. Huge. The, la- the last couple of days, I'm like, why would I ever want to go back to work? That sounds awful. I just want to live it up this summer, you know? Yeah. So I just, I think we just have to be real of the fact that, you know, there are just going to be really hard times and times where you do just want to run away. And maybe you do. Maybe you run away mm-hmm. to a hotel and you take a little break and you feel empowered to say what your needs are. But maybe also the answer is that it's consistent enough where you're like, okay, you know what? This is actually damaging my relationship with my child or with my spouse. And maybe there is permanent change that needs that needs to happen. Either option is okay. Yeah. I think just recognizing what we've said earlier of like recognizing what your soul needs, seeking inspiration, and then having the courage to act on that, whatever that is. Um, but I think Marin said this in a conversation on a Marco Polo, and this is kind of what sparked why I wanted her to come on, but I'm going to quote you because I re-listened to the Marco Polo because I was like, this is so good. And I wrote it down, but Marin said, joy is deeper than just being happy at all times. Joy is an innate sense of being content and feeling at peace with our decisions. Wow. I think that's the thing sometimes is that we get stuck feeling like we have to be happy all the time. I have to be feeling joy. Like every part of motherhood has to be just ecstatic and wonderful and rainbows and butterflies all the time. And the reality is that's just not the case. But what joy really is, joy is this sense of being content that I have made the decision, whether that's to go to work, whether that's to stay home with my children. And I value that what I contribute to my family, economically, socially, physically, whatever, that I'm content with and at peace with that decision, knowing that there's going to be difficult situations, knowing that there's going to be really, really high highs and also really, really low lows, but being content with with those decisions. And you're going to have- You high- will have regrets. It's like, because when you're catching vomit in a grocery store, you're going to have regrets. It's good. You're going to rethink every life choice. Cleaning up diarrhea from three beds in one night, you're going to say, I hate my life. And that, those feelings are valid also. Well, and, and you can feel, um, and I am glad you brought up that quote that I forgot that I had said, but it is something that. Um, I think there is a difference between feeling happy and feeling joy and that complete joy mm-hmm. does just feel from come from feeling complete peace in your decision. Um, Dallin said the other day and I, <laughs> I don't know if he just said this out of his own brain or if he heard someone else say this. I can't remember. But so I don't know. But he was talking about how um, like something that is really helping him lately is that when he's you know 80 years old and we love the movie about time i don't know if you guys have seen the movie about time have you seen it is that one with rachel mcadams Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a fantastic movie um especially if you're a parent and um in the movie you know the premise is that this dad can travel through time and he can do it because his dad did it and you you can just go back to certain moments in time and um at one point in the movie when his dad is about to 
pass away, he goes back into time into a moment where he was walking on the beach with his little boy, and it's very emotional. Um, so Dallin was talking about how some a mindset thing that's helped him lately is that um, he thinks about being old, like being that Sharon at the store, right? But being old, being 80 or whatever, and he has this ability to like travel back in time. Um, but he can't choose the moment and he's just being transported back to this really hard moment. Like the moment that your kid is puking in your hands or the moment that Emmy's screaming at me in the kitchen at the top of her lungs, like those moments that are like really, really difficult. And that when he's in those hard moments, he's like, I just think about my 80 year old self and how I would feel about being transported back to that moment and how I would respond in that moment if I were able to do that. And I would probably respond with a lot more gratitude and, like, joy than I am right now. And I would have a lot more clarity about maybe the decision I would want to make right now. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot ever since he shared that. And since I knew this conversation was coming is that I think finding that joy and that peace means that you know that you're making the decision that's that's for the long term. You're making the decision that is ultimately going to bring you a lot of peace and make you feel content in your life. And that could be stepping out of the home for a bit and doing doing this job or that job or trying several different jobs or different hobbies or whatever it may be. Um, but that total joy is going to come from the thing that you are going to know like with your life as a whole that you were really content and peaceful about that decision that you made. Yeah, I love that. I think something else, too, that was really helpful in my moment of need when I was crying in the closet and I was talking to a friend and she was like, yeah, you know, I had a sister-in-law who was also struggling and her husband gifted her, like, for Christmas, a mommy helper to Mm. come a couple times consistently during the week. And she's like, and that made a huge difference because it was time set aside every week where I knew I had that time to go do what I needed to do for myself. And I was like, oh, that's a good solution. Mm -hmm. So like for, for women who might be listening to this and feeling like I am drowning, I hate this, prioritize your needs. And that might mean that you have a designated time every day or every week where you have help come in so that you can do things that set your soul on fire. And whether that's exercising, you know, whether that's having a hobby or those things. But like, I, I, I think it's critical that women do recognize their own needs mm-hmm. and prioritize those. Yes. Those needs. 1000%. I think I'm gonna have to hire like tutors for my kids <laughs> eventually because doing homework with my kids is one of my lows. It, it, it really is damaging for our relationship. Yeah. 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 And okay, accept that. I'm like, okay, this is just, I'm going to yeah. make that decision. It's going to yeah. yep. be better yeah. for well, us in the long run. Well, I took a, like a, an easier out the other day. I emailed the teacher and I was like, or I told Gavin, I was like, Gavin, you need to ask your teacher to only have you do half the math problems again, like you used to, like only evens, bro, because we can't be doing all these extra odds after school is taking us two and a half hours mm-hmm. after school to do this. We're not, we can't, we're not built, we're not built for this after school stuff. And she did it. And I was like, oh, 
praise. I'm glad I did that. Even though Gavin requested to have more work because he was he enjoys doing math. I'm like, it's not it's not enjoyable for us anymore, buddy. We have to know our limitations. Yeah. Like, good for us, Gavin. I yeah, I love I love that though. And I think it's important that you um, like I mentioned at the very top, like your your mental health is of utmost importance. And um, so you need to, you know, I have a set aside date getting a massage every single week because that is a really important way that I can decompress and relax and it also helps my MS and yes Mm -hmm. it costs money and yes it you know I have to find a babysitter Dallin has to take time off work to help me do that but um I it's like a top priority that 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 stays on our schedule that that stays in our budget that that stays you know so um hiring cleaners is something that's important for me hiring you know so your your mental health is of utmost importance and now I feel like I need to go hire a mommy helper <laughs> once <I know>. a week <laughs> yeah get like a 13 year old girl to come over like for a couple hours after school to, or you know you know school hours I think that'd be Especially great during summertime though it's like college <sighs> students come home like take advantage yeah. of that so that's what I think guys I'm gonna do. come play with my kids on the slip and slide please <laughs> and I will pay you yeah. like, please Take them for a walk around the block six times. Is that a, mm, can we keep going? Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Creative ways. I think that there are creative ways and being willing to ask like just your friends for favors or tradesies. I think we've talked about that before being like, hey, I'll do play date this day if you do it this day because I need mommy needs a timeout. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you you're need a timeout too. So yeah. And well, cause I think when financially are... it's not super easy. Yeah. I think women are conditioned to shoulder the burdens on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we need to stop doing that. And we need mm-hmm. to allow other people to help and ask other people for help, which can be really hard. That's been a challenge for me. But I think when we can do that when we can decrease the burden and when we can share the burden with other mothers i think as a whole our families will be happier healthier we as a individual as a person will be happier and healthier and i think it'll also help our relationships right because the whole purpose is to you know bear one another's burdens and you know we make promises to do that and i think we'll also in a religious perspective, we'll be blessed for doing that. So allow other people to do what, you know, fulfill their promises and you do the same. Mm-hmm. Including mm-hmm. your husband. If you are married, Absolutely. if you are married, I think it's important to sometimes to revisit certain tasks. Like you were saying mm-hmm. women shoulder everything and we don't have to. I think there's a lot of things that we delegate to ourselves automatically that we could delegate to our husbands, you know, like, and maybe this isn't an available or like an, a, something that would work in your home care, but like maybe moms could delegate the homework to the dad or, you know, um, I've delegated my least favorite chores to Dallin. I, you know, like I hate dealing with trash. I hate unloading the dishwasher. 
you know, I hate hauling our laundry baskets up and down the stairs. Like there's just these little tasks where I'm like, that's your job. I'm not going to do every single job in this home. And um, I think you'll be surprised how if you just can express yourself clearly to your husband, how, you know, obviously not this isn't the case for everybody, but a lot of times they're probably willing to step in and take on a few more responsibilities too. Yeah. And if they're not, if they firmly believe that house things are yours, children are yours, I only do work outside the home, I bring home money, then you probably should go to a therapist together and talk about that because I believe in a 50-50 system. If you're home, when you're home together, everything is 50-50. When you're apart, whoever is in their respective places does the load, whatever that is. And that's if that's just keeping kids alive and making sure they ate, then that's enough because that's what it was, you know? <laughs> that is. Um, but yeah, so yeah, if you don't feel like you're in a relationship that is balanced, you're allowed to ask for help and ask for, uh, your spouse to emotionally mature and step up and grow with you. Amen. (laughs) Love it. Um, I love being able to come and have these conversations. Marin, thank you so much for joining us and for bringing your experience and your passion for motherhood to our platform. I know I value what you have to say. I value the contribution you make in your motherhood and how that has influenced me as a mother and I know has influenced many women with your podcast and mothers with your podcast. So thank you for for sharing that and being a light to many people. You're much too kind. No. Thank you. Take the praise. <laughs> yeah. Own it. Own this part of your identity. Yes. Wow. All right. Well, let's end with sharing stories that came out of the mouth of our babes. Oh, hello. Just turn on the <laughs> light. Uh, I'll share mine first. Okay. So I think I must have been complaining about some elderly people that I was having to do things with Um, because I'm in a leadership role over women at church and we have the highest population of ours are people over 75. So, and there's just like certain ways people like to do things because it's just tradition and I'm like, "Uh, this is not working. So I must have been complaining, but Gavin, my older son, he's like, oh, people just fight us they've lived a lot of years and they just can't go with the flow anymore <laughs> and I was like, that's a good way to say what i was probably saying in a much more mean and aggressive way <laughs> uh, sponges yes oh i love though that he just said it in a nice way because gavin is not malicious and any, no, well, with his sister and brother sometimes. I too, I teach Relief Society and there are, I live in a very old ward in Bountiful, Utah. And when I say certain things, I'll see, you know, all the ladies over 80 will sit back in the back row all together. And I said something <laughs> a few Sundays ago and I see them all looking into their, just shaking their head. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me, I'm... <laughs> up here teaching like don't shake your head at me you jerk yeah. <laughs> i 
It's been, I told, I told the bishop and my Relief Society presidency, like, right away. I'm like, I'm from an untraditional home and my marriage is not traditional. And I have certain beliefs that coincide with Christ, but that's not exactly how we talk in our church. We don't always talk in the most Christ-like way. And so if I see anyone saying anything racist like someone said the road word negro at church like in their lesson over and over again. i was like i i i won't tolerate that i won't and so it's been very very interesting we've had a lot of really good uh lessons and conversations and it's been a lot of growth for my ward when people feel so much safer which is good but someone complained to the bishop that i recommend therapy too much (laughs) (laughs) and i was reprimanded if we're gonna talk about therapy it needs to be in a one-on-one conversations like absolutely not that is way worse saying you need therapy saying everybody should try some therapy if you have it like anyway i was just like who which betty which betty said that i need names (laughs) and i'm going to talk to her (laughs) And then tell her immediately that she needs therapy. (laughs) You need therapy. Yeah. Dana, you'd probably laugh at what the people were shaking their heads at me about a couple weeks ago because I was talking (gasps) about the atonement and I was was reading from uh, Elder Holland's talk about the cross and why it's not a symbol that we use in our church or whatever. And I Uh was like, you know what? I was asked to speak on this. And I feel like I have an interesting opinion on this because I served my mission in Alabama and some of the people that I met that have crosses in their homes and wear crosses are some of the most Christ-like people I've ever met. My mission president has a big cross in his home now. Like it, For those people, it is a symbol of a love for Christ just like you and I have. Yeah. It's not actually a morbid symbol. And I was just sharing this experience and this back row of ladies. <laughs> shaking their heads like what is she talking about how she's talking about the cross i'm like what the heck move along down, Betty. <laughs> oh my gosh i wanted to wear like a diamond cross so bad when i was little like that i i should i should go buy myself one I'm a little gold yeah. one now though. i brought some crosses home from alabama dainty. and i wear them every so often and yeah I just thought that was funny. I think any outward expression of our inner faith is great. <sighs> Betty's. <laughs> All right, Maren, what's your funny story that came out of that uh, your babe? So first one that came to my mind happened on Easter. And we went to my in-laws. And I feel like every time my kids say something that I just want to, like, pull back in is in front of my in-laws and my (laughs) in-laws are very like buttoned up like I don't know how else to describe them they're just perfect in every way buttoned up and just you know anyway and so um my little boys are very into Star Wars have you guys seen the original Star Wars movies because this will make more sense yes but so my boys are very into Star Wars and um, we're sitting around the dinner table on Easter Sunday and 
I'm telling my in-laws and we're talking about we just watched all the Star Wars movies. They're so into it and they just love it so much. And my father-in-law loves Star Wars, so he's having a ball just talking to my boys about it and talking about all the different characters and everything. And then he turns to Hudson, my seven-year-old, who's like the most pure-hearted, innocent little guy. And he's like, Hudson, who is your favorite Star Wars character? And Hudson goes, oh, um, Princess Leia. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, where's this going? And my father-in-law's like, oh, really? Why? Like, why Princess Leia? He's like, oh, I just love it um, when she's Jabba's slave and she's wearing that outfit where you can see her belly button. That's why she's my favorite character. <laughs> and, like, me and Dallin look at each other like, did he just, what? What is he talking about? Like, this is our kid that has, like, literally, he's so innocent. And my in-laws' faces are, oh, my gosh. Like, our little grandson is sexualizing button. women. Anyway, and we're just like, like, we just could not believe that that came out of his mouth. Like, we were just like, what? we've this is news to us like he's enjoying yeah. like is he i mean like it's fine like he's our oldest so we just this is a new phase for us like okay he's like in the belly button it's fine it's fine but why in front of my in-laws did he have to bring that up for the first time <laughs> Dallin so jumps in he's like oh he just thinks belly buttons are funny he's just we're like oh my gosh <laughs> That is like a v- developmental stage. Like my kids are will be like, show me your belly button to like yeah. any kid. And their moms will be like, how your son tried to lift up my daughter's shirt to see her <laughs> belly button. Like it's like, it's a weird things kids go through. Ugh. I don't know. Belly buttons are weird and they, everyone's is different. They just got to know. <laughs> it just came out so wrong. Cause you know, that like specific Leia scene is like. For, it's a little sexy. For, for Star Wars nerds, it's like their fantasy, yeah. you know. So for him to be like, I just love it when she's Jabba's yeah. slave and she's wearing that outfit. And we're like, <laughs> what? You're seven years it old? Like, you're supposed so to say Darth funny. Vader. Like, why are you saying this right now? Oh, it's just That's hilarious. Uh, bless him. <laughs> bless you. Bless yeah. you for dealing with that. No, really bless your in-laws. They probably <laughs> Bless that. them. Um, so one of the things that said that Sawyer said recently was, I don't even think, I was not even in this particular moment having like a hard time or anything. But I think she like turns to me and she goes, you look like you could use a break. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see it. Which is like. That would be nice if it was, like, actually a moment. But then when it's, like, a moment where you're like, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Like, how dare you? See, Charlotte would have said something like that in order to get out of doing something. You know what she did today? This, she will literally do anything to get out of loading dishes. She, like, disappeared the other day with Trevor. And she's like, I have diarrhea. And, like, ran away. Didn't come back. Saw an iPad. And then today... We were putting car seat covers in Trevor's new car, and she came out and was like, I want to help. And I was like, you are diabolical. I just told you to go help the boys load the dishwasher. And he was like, oh, she did it. Like, I'm like, yes, she will do anything to not have to do dishes. So funny. Sounds like me. So, so she just has to grow up, get married, and give that job to her husband. 
That's I know. How I don't it really do the is the worst. <laughs> uh, paper plates for the win. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. As always, we would love it if you would follow, rate, review, and if you've had a conversation lately with one of your mom friends about, you know, the mental load of motherhood and feeling confident in your decisions as an equally contributing partner in your home, then we would love it if you would share this with, with your friends and um, talk with us and share your thoughts and your ideas. But Marin, thanks for joining us. Um, you can, f- we'll make sure we link uh, Marin's podcast and her Instagram and where you can connect with her in our show notes. But I hope everyone has a great week. Thanks for having me.